0: Hello and welcome to the Master of Demon Gorge podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the last emperor of the Ming Dynasty, the man who forced him to suicide, and what did his demise have to do with climate change? So Alice, you told me that a friend of yours from University who studied Chinese and Chinese mm-hmm. history with you. Um, you had a you had a you had a telephone call with him today, right? Yeah. yeah. Call, right? His name is Pierre. Pierre. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Hello, Pierre. If you're listening. Um, so you told me, and I thought it was quite amusing and slightly surprising that you guys were talking about the Chongzhen Emperor, the last emperor of the Ming. Yeah, that's exactly what we're, what we're talking about. Mm. Um, well,
1: yeah, he remind me. yeah, he reminded
0: me. He <laughs> reminded. You reminded me uh, about this last emperor of the Ming, Mm -hmm. who, what he told me is that, like, he hid... When the Qing dynasty was about to take the power, he was hiding with his concubine, and he wanted his concubine to die with him. Uh Uh-huh. Or all the girls in his family, I don't remember. Okay. And then he, like, they resisted, and he... Hang himself on the hill behind the Forbidden City. Okay. So Am I right? Some, <laughs> some of that is true. <laughs> so we remember, we remember some kind of story. I mean, he yeah, remembered yeah, a kind yeah. of story okay. with right. a emperor who hanged himself. Most of that is true, but it's, it's, it's some some of it's not. But we're all right. So okay, I remember in Beijing, we can see that. Yes, you can. Tree. Yes, the tree. The tree where he hanged. The tree where he hanged himself, yeah. yeah. But alright, let's tell the story properly. <laughs> <right>. Okay. Okay, <laughs> like the... tell me that I will say story <laughs> properly. <laughs> well, um, I mean from the beginning, yeah. But although, although, uh, to be to be honest, I mean the story is very complicated and there are mm-hmm. a lot of personalities involved and each of whom could deserve their own episode, to be honest. So let's focus on the Chongzhen Emperor and how he ended up hanging on that tree the history books give us this wonderful detail that he was wearing one shoe not two and it was a red shoe okay. <laughs> as he hung on the, it's what it says in the okay. history books it was it was a nice detail they had there yeah emperor hanging off a tree wearing one shoe only and it was barefoot in the other that's that all right let's talk about how he got there but you know before i start you know right we're still living through this Plague of our time, this COVID thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar. Yeah, I've heard of this. Yes, yes. You, perhaps, yeah. you've, you you sure, yeah, yeah, you've heard yeah, of it. I'm not sure, but yeah, perhaps you've heard of it. it sounds familiar. Right now, do you remember? um I know this feels like a lifetime ago, but do you remember at the beginning of last year um when there was only COVID? It wasn't even called COVID yet, mm-hmm. right? When the coronavirus was only in China, or at least mm-hmm. believed to be only in China. Do you remember the lot of Western uh, commentators, China watchers, writing these essays about how mm. these op-ed columns about how, like, in Chinese culture, uh, natural disasters or you know plagues, floods, mm. earthquakes, you know these are signs that the mandate of heaven is shifting mm. away from a dynasty and mm. it presages its fall. Do you remember this stuff? Yeah, yeah. And And so this, so this argument about how the the coronavirus was going to detract from the political legitimacy of the uh, Chinese Communist Party. The irony, of course, was then was that then. The thing went global I mean, yeah, <laughs> right and then so people start writing those essays oh. about, well i mean if the mandate of heaven is supposed to have shifted away from the chinese communist party then i guess <laughs> it also shifted away from the trump administration <laughs> you know and perhaps perhaps and the, the boris macron johnson macron or the macron <laughs> <administration. government. laughs> right i mean so there's a lot of talks about it in right France too. right so people start writing those those essays um but it is it is it is. I mean, it is true that when when a um, th- when a dynasty in Chinese history falls around a time when it, when, it, when it starts mm-hmm. to fall apart, it is true. There's often talk in the literature about um, floods and famines and mm. droughts and that plagues and that sort of thing. Um, but the thing is, of course, a lot of times they're they're really were happening, mm. and as would true, it be uh, as what would was, be true. Oh, uh, natural, disasters, natural of, of, disasters of various yeah. kinds. And this was true in anywhere in the world, mm. right? If a country is going through um, droughts or floods or famines, that's going to put a pressure on any government, regardless of its mm. culture or form mm. or philosophy, yeah, right? Sure. Yeah, so a lot of this talk is is, is unnecessary, uh, unnecessarily exoticizing or orientalizing mm. The Chinese, right? They were just behaving the way anyone else would. Yeah, really. And so in the case of Chongzhen, um, <laughs> it was true. He faced a series of um, natural disasters. And believe it or not, it was connected to global climate change. <laughs> because there was a natural disaster? No, no, no. It was... Well, it, it's global climate change—not in our current sense, of course, and man-made. You mm. know, that's that's after the Industrial Revolution. We're talking about here the early to mid 17th century, mm. right? But just to back up a little, so the Ming—the Ming dynasty, founded in 1368, by the early 16th century, was badly corrupt, to be frank. There mm. were they, they had they had a lot of problems for for many years already. Um, uh, and, uh, and uh, when Chongzhen came in as, an, as the emperor at the age of 18, uh, when his older brother, the previous emperor, died without, without an heir, um, to be honest, he actually did a pretty good job in uh, fixing some of the previous mm. problems in the government. But he then faced a series of challenges that, that would really be daunting for for anybody, here, here, let me let me read this to you, or at least translate. So he was to you. not that a bad emperor, but he, he wasn't was not. He, he was not great. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he had his flaws, which we're going to get to very soon. Um, but he could hardly be said to be the worst. Um, but he happened to be the last, mm-hmm. and a lot of that had to do with the climate change. Um, so 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 in I'm, I'm just going to translate this bit from. Uh, some of the uh, one of the uh, annals from that time so in the first year of the reign of Chongzhen uh, all of Shanxi province the sky over Shanxi province was red as blood in the Mm. fifth year there was a great famine in the sixth year there was a flood Mm. in the seventh year locusts and a famine in the eighth year (laughs) a, a drought uh and um, many, many households were destroyed. In the ninth year, locusts. In the 10th year, there was no uh, harvest in the fall. Uh, In the 11th year, locusts. In the 13th year, drought. In the 14th year, drought. Okay, it was very unlucky. Here's the thing. This is the early, mid 17th century. Mm. Scientists call this the Little Ice Age. Mm. There was a period in globally mm. when the temperature declined. Oh. And at colder temperature at longer winter meant droughts, meant mm. drier conditions. Mm. And in worldwide, this was a problem. In Europe, the same period coincided with the 30 Years' War, mm. 1618 to 1648. And it, you know caused a lot of problems. And in parts of Europe, uh, parts of um, parts of what is now Germany, parts of you know, Central Europe, the uh, population declined by, I think, as much as seventy percent, where mm. just people just didn't have enough to eat. So this was not unique to China. This was this was this was global. Yeah, there was a global right, and um, yeah, the Little Ice Age, and so Chongzhen faced this series of uh, natural disasters that were the result of climate change, mm-hmm. which. He couldn't possibly comprehend mm. as a 17th century man, and he couldn't and he couldn't come up with policy solutions mm. to deal with them. Now you you could call that a failure, um, in that if a government fails to deal with natural mm. disasters, then that is a failure of government, right? Mm. But of course, but you have to wonder who could have, yeah. you know, if you're, who, could have. <laughs> who could have who could have done better, yeah. right? Um, that being said. He uh, he didn't make a lot of mistakes. He was uh, he was said to be a man who was who um, was overly suspicious mm. and uh, full of doubts, and um, um, didn't listen to good advice when it was offered to him. And um, so, even though he might have done some good stuff when he first came in, uh, ultimately he was not able to 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 deal with the the long term problems that the Ming Dynasty faced. Now. One of his earlier decisions was, faithfully, to um, abolish a number of what was called uh, yi zhan. What is it? it, was These were um, in the mm. old highways, in mm. the ancient highways that the government, the Chinese government had built. You would, because of course people rode horses back then, mm. so you would have stations, like gas stations, <laughs> kind of, but they were horse stations. Yeah, for the horse to rest. For the horses to rest, or if you're on government business, Mm. there would be soldiers or government officials who were manning each uh, horse station, Yizhan, where they would give you a fresh horse, Mm. so so that you can get back to Beijing as soon as possible, something like that. Mm. And he abolished a number of Yizhan, a number of horse stations, which meant that a whole lot of the soldiers and officials who were working at these stations Became unemployed, mm. and one of these newly unemployed men, mm. unemployed men, was named Li Zicheng. Mm. Does that name ring a bell? Yeah. Does it? A little, bit. but <laughs> okay. I'm not. I'm unable to talk about him. Okay. So, long story short, Li Zicheng, after he became unemployed, managed to rise up in. Um, in the movement of uh, the peasants, right? Mm-hmm. Because of all the floods and the famines and the and the and the droughts and the locusts and all with all these natural disasters, millions of famines, uh, millions of um, peasants, average people, farmers, the poor, the the vast poor of China had had decided they had had it right with the, the main government. They had had it with. Whatever the government uh, whatever the officials tell them. Mm-hmm. So they have risen up in rebellion. Mm-hmm. And Zicheng became a leader in this rebellion. And soon um, he was the leader in rebe- in the rebellion. He proclaimed himself a king. Okay. And he so, called himself, not just any king, he called himself Chuang Wang. The Chuang, a uh, king of Chuang. Chuang is a bit, bit of a, how do we translate Chuang? It means kind of like to blunder, but, but not to make a mistake, to, to, to storm into something, okay. like someone who storms uh, the gates of, but mm-hmm. you know, to blunder into a, to, 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 to burst into a room or mm-hmm. you know, into a building, that's Chuang. Um, it's, 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 it's a kind of, it's a very curious um, title, isn't it? Um, and, uh, but that was what he called himself. And he went around promising people. He was like a proto-communist proto-communist so a little, he bit, was, a little oh, bit he went around proclaiming the gospel of uh no taxes for the working class right. you know no one should ever have to pay taxes again if you're a farmer if you're a working class person you know yeah, I was about to say that's socialism but not as communism I, I mean I, this I is mean, maybe... this is all pre- this yeah. is all pre-Karl Marx and, you know, mm. so I'm, I'm saying proto <laughs> and the word proto is doing a lot of work here, but okay. Yeah. So, but anyway, he had this, uh, gospel of like, um, r- rule by the, by the lowest mm. uh, social stratum. Right. And how like, no, we should never have to, we're going to have land reform where the, the farmers going to own all the land and we're going to like, uh. Knock over all the aristocrats and the ruling mm. elite, and the, you know all the, all the mandarins in Beijing looking down at us. You know, so it, it's a, um, it's a, uh, it, it has a number of modern resonances. But so he leads this great rebellion, and he's fighting the Ming left and right. And the Ming, Ming the Ming, meanwhile, was of course also fighting the Manchus. Mm. So you were saying that the Qing dynasty came down, and then. Emperor Chongzhen killed himself, right? That's not true. The Ming Dynasty, Chongzhen, was also fighting the Manchus, mm. trying to keep them out of the Great Wall, trying to keep them beyond the Great Wall. They breached mm. a couple of times, they fought them back, but um, but the Ming government under Chongzhen was basically fighting a two-front war. They were fighting the Manchus, trying to come through uh, the Great Wall from the north. And they were fighting Li Zicheng, Li Zicheng and his, and his mm. rebellion all around the provinces. Mm. So they're trying to fight two wars at the same time. So that story that I just tell, told was Li, Li Zicheng and not... It was not the Manchus who It was not the Manchus. right? So so the Qing, of course, ultimately would replace the Ming as the mm. next governing, uh, governing dynasty of China. Mm. But it was not them. That, who killed the emperor? Right. It was not them. Well, I mean, the emperor killed himself, but it was not them who mm. forced him to do that. Mm. It was not them who actually sort of pulled the trigger, as it mm. were, and destroyed the Ming. That was Li Zicheng. Li okay. Zicheng, sixteen forty four, he he leads his massive peasant army up to Beijing, and they breach the city gates, and they you know march into Beijing, and they're running around. Chasing after uh, royal family members, mm. high officials, all these all these people, and like Pierre pointed out, at this point, Chongzhen kind of lost it, and he tried to kill the women in his family, his wife, or his wife's his wife and concubines, the empress, the concubines, the mm. uh, imperial consorts, and his own daughters. Um, but he was doing this personal and he was like running around with a sword, you know, personally trying to like hacking at his own, at his own spouses and his own daughters. Um, and it is, it is is kind of strange where he was like, I don't want you, I'm about to like, I'm about to go. Dad is about to go. I don't want you, my baby girls to be taken as prisoners, I guess, or to, it's kind of strange, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, did the man have a psychotic break maybe? Um, yeah. But in any event, That's you pretty know, as well. it's pretty weird, yeah. But in any event, it's not like he was a trained killer. Mm. So you know, he went around like through <laughs> his to the palace trying to trying to you know hack his sword at these women, and half the time he failed. So like he injured some of them, and they didn't die. <laughs> so in one famous case, um, one of the princesses, one of his daughters, he cut off her arm. Ew. Yeah, he cut off her arm, but she didn't die. She, the the history books tell us that she recovered five days later, and uh, lived into the Qing Dynasty. Um, But anyway, so he's all right. Then he so then he runs out. Emperor Chongzhen runs out, and he's looking for a place to hide. Mm. And he discovers that all the high officials of his own government Mm. refuse to take him into their own houses. His own cousins, right, Mm. refuse to take him because they don't want they don't want to be right. They don't want to be associated with him. Um, and so this is because finally... what of what he did to his daughter? No, no, of... nothing to do with that. Sorry, patriarchal society. They probably didn't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "Well, Li Zicheng is coming with his yeah. with his thousands of angry angry farmers with with you know whatever farm implements they have, <laughs> whatever weapons they have. <laughs> they're coming to kill us. Or they're they're definitely coming to kill the emperor. Like we don't want to be standing next to him when that happens, you know, because then they'll get us too, right?" So they're like, oh no, I don't know oh, what I don't know that guy. What you know? My cousin? No, he's not my cousin. What are you talking about? I don't know him. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so poor Emperor. Right? So he goes up the hill, right, mm-hmm. right outside the Forbidden City. Right, you can still go visit that, that uh, park. Today it's called Jin Shan. Uh, and yeah, I remember. View, yeah. And the, Mount view, mountain, I guess. Mountain view, kind of mm-hmm. like <laughs> mountain Um, back then. So this then is the called... mountain where you can have a, a view on the Forbidden City, right? Right, it's kind of um, very nice view. Yeah, 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 it's like a park. So I, of... I guess most people who went to Beijing like. Some Probably would have. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you spend spent a of mm. time in Beijing, you you would go there. Um, at the time, it was called Coal Mountain. That was that was the name, and yeah, so he went mountain. up a went up a hill, Meishan. yeah, oh, Meishan. Meishan, yeah. I heard yeah, Coal Mountain. Coal, 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 <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Still, l'anglais, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. <Really? laughs> so he goes up the hill, and he's like, well, crap. I guess this is the end. Mm-hmm. I guess this is the end. And so he, you know, ties a knot around the tree and <laughs> hangs himself, wearing exactly one shoe, not two. <laughs> one red shoe. And, um, but, well... <laughs> Now, thus ended the yeah, emperor Chongzhen, the, the 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 poor man in some ways and um and I think I explained to you about the um i think I explained to you at some point about the uh, Miao hall the temple name mm. so each emperor has multiple names mm. that we, we, yeah. we tend to know um we tend to know specific emperors by a specific mm. Uh, mm. one of their names but in reality, each of them has at least three. Three, right? One is the personal name, the name they they have as a person, right? Mm. As, as a as a human being, <laughs> and then you have the ear name, which is the kind of like a regnal name in English, just mm. a regnal name. So, just so like in 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 um in England, in the mm. UK, uh, King George the Sixth was actually named Albert. Mm. But when he became king, he became George. know as a person, his name was Albert, uh-huh. right? So that was that was kind of like that. Okay. So, but then in China, in in Chinese culture, you also had a temple name, which is the name you give to to an emperor after he died, after he get becomes a uh, becomes a just a shrine in the, mm. in, the in the temple, right? Um, and and oftentimes, because it's this name given after the man has died, oftentimes the temple name is a is a, is a represents a kind of historian's judgment. And so in Chongzhen's case, he's called uh, Ming Si Emperor Si of the Ming, right? But Si... si Kao, in this case, the, the character for to think. Mm. So Chongzhen, the thinking emperor. Mm. Now, that doesn't sound too bad. Yeah, that doesn't right? sound too bad, right? Because he wasn't so bad. He wasn't really that terrible. Mm. But he was a guy who overthought things, who was indecisive, who Mm. was overly suspicious, who, Mm. you know, never could make a, make a, choose a decisive course. And so. That's maybe why he got crazy at the end. Maybe, yeah. He just kind of. He was like maybe invited by his whole whole (laughs) thoughts. so just couldn't bear that. He didn't have the the weight of all the Breakdown. Perhaps, yeah, maybe, yeah. (laughs) That's the interpretation. But so, anyway, that is his temple name. Yeah. Okay. And, um, but what happened to Li Chang, you might say. So mm. because he did not, because, of course, what replaced the Ming was the Qing Dynasty, mm. not the, the regime, not the, the, not the proto-communist Communist or socialist thing. regime of Li Zicheng, mm. right? So what happened was, he uh, then went up to the Great Wall mm. and to attack the general who was guarding a section of the Great Wall, a man called Wu San Gui. Now, like I said, there's the, the the full story is actually incredibly complicated, and we could do a whole podcast episode just on Wu Sangui because he's got his own oh yeah and the legends associated with him and how he was supposedly one of his concubines was the most beautiful woman in China. There's a whole thing. It's a whole thing about there's a whole thing about Wu Sangui. Very complicated. But long story short, he attacks Wu Sangui. Mm. Because he was he was a he was a main general, right? Mm. And Wu Sangui is like, well, I'm gonna lose because I don't have enough soldiers. So what does he do? He turns around and says to the Manchus outside the Great Wall, "Hey, would you help me out? I'll let you into the, I'll let you through the gates and let you come down rule China if you help me." Oh, so he opened it all to the so Manchus. So he opened the gates. And the Manchus come down, oh, and they means defeat him, awesome. and they defeat Li Zicheng. Mm. Right? That was this. Was is a very controversial figure for for that reason. Right? He did a lot of this, it, like I said, that's be another, that'll be that be another episode because you know he, he, had a long career and did a lot of controversial things, and he's a he's a famous and infamous character in Chinese history. So we'll we'll save that episode for him. But long story short, so the Manchus come down, and they defeat Li Zicheng. Li Zicheng returns to Beijing, and. In in the meantime, he had made the mistake that um, or his his, uh, regime had become precisely what it was not supposed to be, which was just as corrupt, just as cruel as the Ming. So his people had gone around Beijing uh, chasing after um, all all the Ming officials and were slaughtering people on the streets. Um, Li Zicheng himself There's a story about him uh, after, one, after one battle Well, after one battle First of all, in one story, in one story He uh, slaughtered everyone in the city mm.
1: okay <laughs> that's, that's
0: not cool That's <laughs> right. not cool, yeah Another story He defeated a, a prince Who was a, a royal cousin Imperial cousin of the Ming Right? He ate him He ate him? He cooked him What? He cooked the guy yeah and then that was ate, only crazy people at this time and then eight <laughs> I, mean, I mean crazy people make history I'm well, sure no so so anyway so these people kind of quickly quickly lost uh, lost the grip right kind of mm-hmm. lost the plot and so they occupied Beijing for all of 43 days before the Manchus and Wu people came down together you now combined and defeated him and took over and Li Zicheng, uh, according to according to some sources, um, was killed in battle the following year. According to another source, he managed to disappear uh-huh. and hid himself in the countryside and became a monk. But yeah, they're they're two. I mean, after too... cooking people, you can become a monk. No problem. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Why not? But that a very interesting thing about Li Zicheng is that his biggest fan. Mm. Was Mao Zedong. <laughs> Chairman Mao, yeah, No right. surprise. Chairman Mao was very interested in Li Zicheng, um, and he often compared himself to Li Zicheng, which, okay. but um, and you know, yeah. Of course, Li Zicheng failed in the end. Yeah, right? right. And so, 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 oftentimes Mao was like, "All right, we're not going to repeat his mistakes, though." Mm-hmm. But he was like, "Oh yeah, Li Zicheng, great man, great man, a great." leader of the proletariat you know a great leader of the, <laughs> of the of the peasant classes of the of our, of our working class people you know like we need to like copy his style you know which we need to kind of do what he did but then and, and then yeah he was a reference for the communist. right was, he was very much a reference for Mao, personally know, yeah. oh. he often looked at him as like a as a as a president and as a mirror hold, holding himself holding these up as a mirror to himself be like am i like Li Henry in this case, am I too much like him in this case? You know, am I making some mistakes? Am I? Mm. And, but what I find hopelessly ironic, hopelessly ironic, is of course ultimately they did do all the things Jesus and his people did, right? Just took them out longer. They did become yeah, all the things like, they said they were going to be. Yeah. Every place I didn't understand. Did all the things that they were. Well. Anywho. (laughs) All right. So that's the story. The proper story. Pierre, if you're listening. Uh, This has been MLDG. Thanks for listening.